You're listening to the Unstoppable E-Commerce Podcast. I'm your host, Karen Parkinson, and I'm here to help you sell more on your online store. Before we begin, I would love to pay respect and acknowledgement to the Palawa people of Lutruwita, who are the traditional owners of the land on which Unstoppable E-Commerce operates, and pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. Today, I am joined by Lorna Doe of Anchor and Arrow. Lorna worked in media for over 15 years, but always had an entrepreneurial spirit and loved creating things for people. Six years ago, when all her friends were getting pregnant, she began searching for a beautiful and practical gift. She quickly realized that a baby swaddle was an essential item in every parent's household and something that really left the house without. Lorna began designing her own patterns and spent countless months sourcing the most beautiful organic bamboo cotton. After lots of quality testing and TLC, she turned her designs into baby swaddles, which she gifted to all of her friends. Her friends loved them and were soon wanting to buy them for their friends too. That's when she realised how passionate she was about creating beautiful products for parents and Anchor and Arrow was born. Today, we're chatting about the last six years of growth and how she has a warehouse, a team of six stuff and a brick and mortar store with another one on the way. We chatted about how she approaches her marketing and what she does to stand out in a crowded market. So, Lana, thank you so much for joining me today. No, I'm really excited to be to be featuring on the podcast and having a good chat with you. Yeah, it's so exciting. I noticed your trophy in the background there before. Kind of jealous that you got the pink one. I really wanted a pink one. Um, but yeah, you were at the uh, Oz Mumpreneur Awards. Congratulations. Yeah, we had such a, I actually had such a great time. It's not very often that you get a chance to stop and reflect on all of the work that you do, but that award outside of winning one of the awards, which we were like so pumped about, but it was just a really nice opportunity to stop and be like, actually, guys, we have achieved so much. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're always trying for the next thing in business. Like I want to hit this and then they get there and you, you don't stop to celebrate it. You just kind of go on to the next thing. You're like, okay, now I want to get to this and I want to get to this. And if you actually stop and look back, it's like, oh, wow, you know, you've got staff now. You started as a hobby and now you've got this big business. You're sitting in your big warehouse. Like yeah. sometimes I think you know, we just keep striving and forget to actually celebrate. So I think that was a really nice opportunity for everyone to kind of relax, see each other in real life, which was amazing, and also to, yeah, celebrate how far you've come. Yeah, no, it was so such a great night. Tell us, for those listening at home that haven't heard of Anchor and Arrow before, tell us what do you sell? So Anchor and Arrow is a baby and kids brand. Uh, it did start primarily as a baby brand, but as my little one gets older, so so does the range. Um, so we design all sorts of beautiful products like baby swaddles. Um, we have a huge range of baby sleeping bags, reusable swim nappies, um, some gorgeous little rompers, a whole heap of bedding, blankets, and we do lots of personalization. So we try to cover off products that parents genuinely need, um, but we just yeah. make them absolutely beautiful. You do. They are gorgeous. So how did it all start? <laughs> well, it actually started, my background is advertising in media. So I had quite a, a senior role in advertising and all my girlfriends started falling pregnant. I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what they needed. <laughs> I was like the least maternal person ever, but I just knew that baby products didn't have to be so baby. 
Um, and so I started doing some research. I saw a really good opportunity with the baby swaddle, which to be fair, back then I was like, what is a swaddle? (laughs) (laughs) What do you do with this? And why do we need so many? Yeah. And all I knew was that like women never left the house without them. You know, they were on their prams. They were used, you know, as breastfeeding covers. They were wrapping their babies. They were using them as blankets. And I was like, okay, so this is obviously a very essential product. So I set out sort of doing all the research and working out what makes a really good swaddle from all the fabrics because there's, you know, different types and all that sort of stuff and sizes. Did a bit of market research. And then I set out illustrating a few prints that I thought would make beautiful pattern designs. Um, So I started with five designs. They're all hand-painted. I sourced this really beautiful bamboo cotton fabric, so it was beautiful and soft. We were coming into summer, so it was really nice and lightweight and breathable. I brought out, I think it was like 50 units of each design. It was like so tiny. (laughs) And um, this was all on top of my corporate job. And my friends just loved them. They just lapped them up. They bought more for themselves. They were giving it away um, for other friends' presents. Um, And before I knew it, I was sort of getting organic orders without even realising it. But the the sort of clincher for me was a girlfriend of mine at the time, she was going through quite severe postnatal depression. And she said to me one day, she was like, you know what, just using your swaddle makes me feel a little bit more like my previous self. Um, it just brings back a little bit more of my own identity and I love using it. And I was like, that's so nice. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly what I want to do. I want to create. I feel like there's such a market for, you know, you feel like you have to give up so much having a baby. Like obviously we'd love having the child, but there is that kind of identity crisis that goes on, especially if the house becomes you know, red, blue, yellow, primary colour zone with Winnie the Pooh and everything else, where some people really love to have that beautiful home and being able to have those beautiful products instead and feeling like themselves, that can really help. So that's amazing. That's sort of what came from it. That feedback must have really helped push you along. It did. And just hearing that reaction because you know obviously like we rallied around and we wanted to provide as much support as possible to her mm-hmm. and there is loads you can do but there's also a point where you you can't help you know like in yeah. the home it's quite a personal space it's where you spend a lot of time alone <laughs> with this baby yeah. and that just sort of evoked my passion towards wanting to provide that experience for parents and wanting to provide things that are not only absolutely essential as a parent because God knows you can have a whole home full of stuff that you really don't need, but, you know, the laundry doesn't always need to look like Fisher and Price is, you know, exploded all over your laundry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And, yeah, I got so much stuff that I bought that I thought, oh, yeah, this looks like it will be great. Never touched it. And then other things I was like sending hubby out in the first few days all the time. So I'm like, I didn't think to buy this or this. Or like, can you go get me this? <laughs> um, I feel like that, you know, your first child is, it doesn't matter how much people tell you, you're never quite prepared. Well, I wasn't. No, absolutely not. So, and that's why I started with the swaddle because I knew it was something people needed and I knew yeah, that it was something that people really used every day. So, you know, I could really be part of that very initial start to parenthood 
And that's one of the comments we always get. People just absolutely love our designs. They're, they're more, I always like to say I design prints for parents, products for babies, because that's exactly what I try and do. I love that. So at what point, you know, you started, you said with a few units, it was mainly around sort of giving to friends and then buying. What point did you realize that actually this could be a business, not just a hobby? There was actually two critical points um, which pushed me in this direction. So I sold out of my first range and I really, I really wasn't putting much effort into it because I had like a, you know, a seven to seven job <laughs> Monday to Friday. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, but there was two very critical points that pushed me. So I got pregnant myself and I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to have a go and see if I can span the net a little bit. I wasn't spending anything on advertising at this point because it just was, you know, it was a, such a small hobby yeah. and all my money had gone into, you know, bringing out these swaddles and then reordering a second load. Um, and so I fell pregnant. I decided to join my local markets and I was like, you know what? It's great that all my friends and their friends love my product, but let's see if, you know, a random on the street also feels yeah. the same. Um, and then I can get some really good feedback on them. Everyone at the markets loved them. You know, I think we sold out of everything we brought, um, on the first day. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up doing every single Saturday um, pretty much until the week before I gave birth. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> By that stage, I had brought out a jersey swaddle version of, of the product and I'd also done cot and bassinet sheets. So we had like a really sort of small range, which everybody just seemed to love. So that's when I started to realise, okay, people love this product. There's a genuine yeah. desire for something like this. Um, and because I was about to go on maternity leave, I was like, you know what, what have I got to lose? I may as well yeah. give it my all. And then the second, the second moment, um, that I was like, you know what, I have to give this my all because I'm not coming back <laughs> was I was in my CEO meeting and my CEO turned around to me and he said, so Lorna, how's this deal going? Like, are you going to write this million dollar deal before you leave? And I was like, yep, like we're all on track, like things are fine. I was one of two women in this whole meeting, which is just standard for the industry I was in. Yeah. And he said to me, you know, your number one focus right now is writing revenue, not growing a baby. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> wow. And I was like, thank you so much. Yep. That, that might be your focus, but <laughs> definitely not mine. Wow. But that did one of two things for me, right? I sort of looked around the room and went, you idiot. I still write more revenue than all of these men in this room. And I'm also growing a baby. So <laughs> it shows how much you're actually across things. Secondly, there's no way in hell I want to work as hard for somebody else when I could be working harder for something to build myself. Yeah. So I gave myself sort of a bit of a timeline. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess a deadline. I was going on maternity leave. So it's one of the few opportunities that you get to really take a step back. Yeah. Things didn't happen straight away because having a baby kind of takes a bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> this newborn around the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but I mean, I still gave it a red hot crack. I remember coming home from the hospital and I had 30 orders to pack and I was like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's sort of how it all started and that's sort of the the point where I realized if I just put some of that energy that I previously had into my old job into this there could be real scale with it so and tell me you never went back I never went back <laughs> good <laughs> they did not deserve you wow okay so you got stuck straight in by the sounds of it as soon as you got home like, how did you first get those products out there? You started with the markets. Once you've decided, once you kind of started putting that energy in, what was the next step for you? My mum always has called me a calculated risk taker. <laughs> so, <laughs> kind of good. <laughs> I dream big, but I'm super cautious to get there. So, I guess what basically happened was I just started doing things and getting things out there that I could control and I could guarantee a return effectively. Yeah. Which probably meant, you know, like the business would have grown so much easier and quicker had I had a huge amount of money that I'd already put into it. But at that point I was still like, I've never done this before. So I'm just yeah. gonna take it a little bit slower. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I still went pretty aggressive, but I started with friends all that money that I made then I reinvested back into product um, and I was doing that for the first 18 months. The markets were really good because they they brought in revenue on top of yeah. just paying for product. So then I made myself a goal and I found a digital marketing agency and all the money that I made from the markets, I then reinvested back into marketing. Okay, so you started things like paid ads. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, a little bit more on the website. So I just made sure that, you know, the consumer journey, the user experience was really smooth because there's no point in paying okay. for ads and sending people to your page if your page isn't user-friendly. Thank you so much for saying that, yes. <laughs> and I didn't pay you to say that. <laughs> yeah. It's like it, owning a business is not is not about one channel doing really well. It's an entire ecosystem of things that are working collectively. Yeah. Yes. And I've had so many learnings along the way. I've had ups and downs. I've thought I was going to lose my whole warehouse at one point. Uh, but it's all about, okay, what channels aren't working, what are, and how do we then get everything to work together? I love that because when you buy something, there's so many touch points involved. You know, you might see a Facebook ad, but then you might remember it and you might Google the name and then, you know, you might then look at the website you might opt in and then you might get an email about it and all of that might happen before you actually make your first purchase. And then people go, oh, well, Facebook ads is not working or Google's not working or, but actually they all had a little part to play. So like you say, you've got to get to a point where you can make all those touch points work together and all be a part of the consumer journey rather than just going, well, I'm going to say that email marketing works because that was the last thing that got them to buy. It's like, well, they wouldn't have actually discovered you without the ad in the first place. Or, you know, it could be in any particular order, but, and that you mentioned also the customer service and the customer experience. And that's so important because, you know, when people are purchasing for the first time, if they ask a question on Instagram because you've got an Instagram account and no one answers them, they're like, well, is my product really going to be shipped if I place an order? You know, and that fulfillment side of your business might be amazing, but if you're letting down the customer service side on Instagram because you only look every couple of weeks, well, they're not going to know that that's a different part of the business that's, you know. So, yeah, it's all so important in that customer service and everything. 
it is also important and if and when you finally get the business to a point where things are working together it's a lot easier to see what channel then isn't working and what's you know a potential problem that's happened with a channel because that's very very clearly letting the team down if that makes sense yeah yeah i love that so what channels are you using at the moment i've seen you on instagram and facebook have you guys doubled in tiktok Yep. So we, we do Facebook, Instagram, a little bit on Pinterest, but to be honest, I need to up my game significantly there. TikTok, we've just started. Um, and I really like TikTok. Yeah. What are the early results like there? We, we had like, we had one video and I think it's currently sitting at over a million. It just went like berserk and I couldn't, I couldn't figure out, sorry, it's at 2.4 million now. Oh my goodness. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I know. And I think I'd done five posts on TikTok. And then one morning I was like, what the hell is going on? (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Take us through it. What's the video look like? We're going to have to link to it in the show notes. It's a how to swaddle video um, because we also do a lot of trade fairs and things like that. And one of the most common questions and one of the most common pressure points that parents have, first-time parents, is that they know that they need to swaddle or they're going to have to swaddle but they absolutely have no idea and they are petrified so like if you come to one of the expos that i'm there you'll often see me on the floor doing a swaddling demonstration with a doll because everybody wants to see it and i'll have a crowd of people around me right so i just popped it up um there was actually like not any strategy to it it was just an organic people love to see this i've got a really great video so i just popped it up amazing overnight i had like 150 comments and it was like exponentially growing in views and i was like almost a little bit freaked out because as i said i like to control things and it was felt like it was really (laughs) blowing out of control (laughs) yeah only 2.4 million people saw it not like a big deal or anything wow (laughs) so yeah so we use tiktok and that's a channel that we're playing around with at the moment we're having a bit of fun with it. I think it's a very different channel to Facebook and Instagram and the types of content that people want to see on that platform. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a moving learning beast. Um, we also use a heap of other support platforms. So our website is on Shopify. Love that. I learned my lesson once and once only, and that was moving off Shopify to another provider, and I will never make oh. that mistake again. Are you using Shopify 2.0? Uh, no, we're not. Oh, okay. No, we're not. Um, we don't not need to. No, yeah. We don't okay. need to yet. We are using Clavio for our email marketing. Oh, all the tools I recommend. Yes. Love Clavio. It works so well with Shopify and with uh, Facebook ads. And Shopify actually just invested a ton of money into Clavio. So they're working even better together and working on a whole lot of new integration stuff. So that's exciting. Yeah. They seem to just really talk to each other well and the data that you can get out of it is awesome we use canva for a lot of our graphic design stuff zero for our accounting um we're just trialing things like triple whale to give us further insights on real data attributed to paid marketing what else do we use god i feel like there's so many programs they're probably the main ones um and when i talk about the ecosystem like they're really the the core players in it. And if they're all working together, the business is humming. But if one of the players isn't working, aka yeah. a Shopify 
alternative host, <laughs> then things just kind of don't work as well together. Yeah. And that, that's why I recommend Shopify because it is so user-friendly, but it's also integrated so well with other things like Clubio and Facebook and, you know, Instagram and even TikTok and all of those things. And if you haven't had a play around on um, TikTok yet and you are on Shopify, um, when you go to add the integration, they actually give you a credit as well. So anyone listening that thinks, oh, I might try TikTok now, uh, I think in Australia you can get around $300 TikTok spend and even more if you're in the States. So they're trying to get everybody to try it. Yeah, and it's it's such a great opportunity just to like literally have a go and to see what happens. Yeah. Well, if you can get two and a half million like with organic reach, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell us, what does your team look like now? Obviously, you started with just you. Things have grown a little bit. Yes. So started with just me. Actually, to be completely honest, right back at the very beginning, I had a business partner. Okay. Yeah. Her and I went into it for the first sort of couple of months. And when things were very slow, I wanted to put more work into it. I could see potential she sort of yeah. went the other direction and it just wasn't really for her. So that's when I took over the business full time. So I did, it was just me for, I think the first 12 months and yeah. with the help of my husband, old muscles. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love them. I then, the first hire I made was actually a virtual assistant and she was a godsend. It's a lesson I think I wish I had learnt earlier and that yeah. is you just can't do everything yourself and you will be the cork in a bottle that prohibits your business from growing unless you yeah. know, outsource and empower other people to work in the business and perform roles that you can't give 100% to. That is such good. I've seen so many businesses that are just on the cusp of they could be huge if they wanted to but they have either control issues around it has to be me or they feel like it has to be hard and all of it has to be them and, and they're just like the bottleneck as you say in their business and there are so many things you can outsource like from virtual assistance to you know through field to all sorts of different things and if, if you're not passionate about it and you're not giving it 100% then give it to somebody who would be um, so I'm all about like for growth yeah bringing on members of your team and you've got a few others now as well yeah, so she was the first appointment, um, so I had a VA, and then I quickly needed to hire someone to help me pack all the orders, so I got another lady in who had also just had a baby, so she was keen just to, you know, get out and do something and, and love the yep. brand. Um, most of the people that I have working for me, they they love the brand. They want to work with the brand, yeah. and then we've sort of created roles with them. So. We now have six amazing women that work for us um, and they all perform a very unique role within the business. Amazingly, our retention is incredible. So women often only leave us to go and have babies and then they come back, <laughs> <laughs> which is... They're like, oh, look, my baby's grown out of this. I need to go have another one so they can put them all back in your <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And I guess we try and create a space where women can come back to work when they want to. You know, we've got we've got one lady who is amazing. She, all of her kids have grown up. Um, she spent, you know, the last 30 years travelling around the world with her husband, following him with his work, uprooting mm -hmm. the family, 
and she finally, <laughs> all the kids have moved out and she just yeah. wanted to do something for herself. Um, she loved the brand and she was just gung-ho and she wanted a job. So I was like, you know what, I can work with that. So we've created yeah. a role for her. What the role was very originally is now not the role she's doing now. So it was really about learning what her skills and strengths and passions are because yeah. she wasn't even really aware of them. I love that and you know people would always tell me not to hire for personality but I feel like if someone has the right attitude and they're a nice person you can find somewhere like if they're passionate about your business you can find somewhere for them and like you say find their strengths and then make a role for them I think what makes or breaks a business is having a great team absolutely and you need to be able to rely on that team for support yeah you know because there'll be periods in your business where you literally go home and cry and go, I, I don't what want to do anymore. What am I doing? Yeah. I'm so over my head. <laughs> and then that's when you sort of like take a step back and then you lean on your team and they're amazing. You know, they're the biggest support. They want your business to succeed. They love their jobs. They love the brand. And you couldn't really ask for more than that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love that you've got such a great team with you now. So obviously you're not in an easy market. Baby products are quite competitive. So how do you stand out amongst all the different options available? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And to be honest, I don't think there is one formula that that sets you apart, except that I just continue to run my own race. I try not to watch what everybody else is doing. Um, I just try and stay really true to our core values and that is creating really beautiful beautiful products all hand-painted products so we work with a lot of artists products that I know parents are going to love they're going to need um, and the fabrics and the quality are what set us apart so if you feel one of our swaddles if you use one of our cot sheets there's not much convincing I have to do because people just genuinely love them and they our return rate is fantastic people recommend us to their friends all the time like we've got customers that have been with us since the very beginning you know I still remember when their first order came in and I wrote to them and I was like thank you so much for your order (laughs) um that's that's one of the things that helps us to stand out the second thing is that we have a very diverse marketing strategy Um, So we don't just focus solely on one particular channel. You know, the parent market is continually changing because you're only a a parent of a very young child for a short amount of time. So you're constantly having to get new new customers, you know. That's why TikTok's so important because the 18-year-olds, the 20-year-olds, eventually they're going to have their own babies and you need to build that relationship with them you know, up until the point where they do have <laughs> have a baby. Yeah. You can't just rely on one channel. So we do loads of different things like in the lead up to Christmas, you know, we'll go back and do the markets because all of our locals want to see us there. Yeah. Um, we give it that real personal touch. We do a lot on Facebook and Instagram, obviously TikTok. We do all the major baby expos. We do a lot of collaborations. So we, we try to make sure that our brand is front of mind or at least hitting people at some point in their journey. 
to, yeah, you kind of you know exactly who your target market is, and you're making sure that you're found by them across a whole wide range of channels, which is fantastic. And the other thing that you touched on, um, not watching what other people are doing, like they say, comparison is the thief of joy, but it is so true in business. I feel like you can really mess up your own strategy if you're constantly looking at what other people are doing and going, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do that now. Oh, someone said is doing this. I'm going to go and watch that now. Or, oh, how am I ever going to succeed because this person is doing so many sales or this person's doing this. And you've just got to run your own race. Like I remember filling out an application for an award recently and they're like, who are your competitors? And I was like, oh, um, <laughs> I never really could. Because for me, I'm like blinkers on. I don't want to know because I used to be so like watching everyone else and I'd never put out a course or anything because I'm like, well, who am I to do it if they're already doing it, you know? And I feel like, like you say, you've got your community of people who just love your product. And when somebody finds you, whether it be on Instagram or at a baby expo, they've found you and they've fallen in love with your product and your brand. They don't care who else is out there in that moment, you know. So you've just got to stay true to yourself and your own strategy and not keep changing because other people are doing things around you. So I'm always about blinkers on, run your own race and just don't worry about what everyone else is doing. It really takes, like I think people take for granted how much energy watching your competitors and having that like why didn't I do that moment I don't think people realize how much energy it sucks out of you I feel like if you're doing that just block them just don't even watch them exactly it's not going to do anything positive for you you know it's just going to build the anxiety every time you see them doing something else yeah and like if I if I've been working on a product launch for you know 12 months because you know, the development stage is what is the longest process for me because yeah. we're very meticulous on the quality, on the detail, on testing every element. So that process takes longer for us. And, you know, when I see another brand come out with a product that I've been working on. You've been working on for ages. But... God damn it. But I'm like, you know what? <laughs> They've done a really great job. And yeah. that's awesome because... Your community is still going to love it. <laughs> yeah, and and there's enough babies in this world to, you know. Yeah, thankfully they're still having them all the time. <laughs> but it is really hard. It's like, you know, it's like that rule. You can have 95% really positive customer experiences, but you can have 5% of those customers provide a really negative experience and you always allow that 5% to suck up 95% of your energy instead of just going, mm. yep, you're not happy, I understand here's the solution, and then move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, such great advice. So thank you for sharing so much with us about your journey. What is next for Anchor and Arrow? Where do you see yourself next year, you know, in five years? Next year is going to be a, a huge year for us. We have sort of set up the platform now to launch three new products. So they've oh, been in the works amazing. for the last couple of months. So we're pumped to show everyone. We opened a physical retail store, so that was a couple of months ago now. That's going really well, so we hope to launch another one. (laughs) So tell us, uh, give us a little plug, whereabouts can people find the physical store if they're in your area? Yeah, so we have um, a physical store in Freshwater um, on the northern beaches of Sydney. So it's a beautiful, beautiful little village, um, loads of parents, but it's just a really tight-knit, beautiful community. Um, So our brand um, goes really well there. What was just meant to be a shop that just sells Anchor and Arrow uh, now stocks over 20 brands. (laughs) Oh, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, we just, you know, we bring products and brands on that the community needs and wants because yeah. um, it means Amazing. they don't have to go to the mall. So that's that's the other thing, like, with business, just keep listening to your customers. Ask them as many questions as you can because they will help shape a direction. Um, yeah. Even if you don't know you're going to be on it. Like, I would never have imagined I'd own a kids and baby boutique. That wasn't yeah. part of the plan. <laughs> throw that in there why not <laughs> why not um so yeah for next year um we'll we'll look at launching one one more location oh exciting but it's going to be a big scale year for us next year so um we're looking at launching in other markets um so yeah i have to watch this space exciting watch this space yes so for people that do want to watch along where can we find you all of our products are listed on our website, which is anchorandarrow.com.au. Um, and you can also follow along on Instagram and Facebook. We're very, very active on those channels. Um, so the link for that is at Anchor and Arrow Baby. And then TikTok, we love to have a bit of fun on. So it's the same tag um, across TikTok. Amazing. We will link up to all of those in the show notes. So make sure that you do check out Lorna and her brand, Anchor and Arrow. Thank you so much for all the great advice that you shared with everyone today. I'm really excited to watch this space and see where you guys go. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That was so much fun. My absolute pleasure. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're looking to keep up to date with all that's happening in e-commerce marketing, free website audits, latest tips, and hang out with some other pretty cool people, be sure to check out my free Facebook group, Unstoppable E-Commerce Entrepreneurs. I'll see you on the inside.